Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And we had a lot of people reach out to us recently, John, when we were talking about this whole Bernie Sanders plan to wipe out student debt. Now, basically here, Democratic presidential candidate Bernie Sanders says he wants to wipe out student debt but it does involve a new tax for most of us. Now, he says this tax is just a few pennies on every stock trade and bond sale, and it would raise more than $2 trillion over a decade. But investment strategist Donald Luskin tells Fox Business he has his doubts about this plan. $2 trillion over 10 years, you know, divide by 10, what's that? $200 billion a year. That's bigger than Trump's 2017 tax cut for the entire United States of America. This is a tax hike, and it's being put on a single industry, all right? So you may be uh, collecting it just a little nano slice at a time, but uh, trading's 24 hours a day. There are a lot of those little nano slices, and it adds up. He kind of backs up what you were telling us a couple weeks ago, John. I mean, those nano slices, yeah, it doesn't seem like a big deal until it is. I love nano slices. <laughs> I like nano slices of avocado on my toast because the millennials and I are eye to eye on this. I'm going to bail them out of everything. I need you to go, if you're a millennial, I need you to go register to vote immediately. I need your support. I'm not Bottles and James. I need it. I need it badly. Guys, listen. I know that uh, Bernie Sanders out there has said that he's a self-proclaimed socialist, but I really want us to pay attention to this for a second because this is probably, to me, the most political thing I have heard, and there's been a lot of political things I've heard, (laughs) in the last 20 years. So Bernie Sanders is out there basically telling everyone that has college debt, we're going to forgive it. Okay, he thinks the millennials uh, have been lost in all this, that the future for them is going to be terrible and giving them things, handouts on the backs of those of us that have saved money. He thinks that's a great idea because I've seen nothing that encourages more responsibility than handouts. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Of course not. That's <laughs> lunacy. But How did you the pay for thing. your college, John? Well, yeah. well, my parents did help me, but I had loans. I took loans. Yeah. I paid those loans off. Yeah. I paid them ahead of time. I paid interest on those and I am more responsible because I don't love debt. Mm-hmm. Some debt is smart on your home. Most other debt is terrible and terrifying unless you use leverage correctly. But he wants to just do a handout Mm -hmm. on the backs of everyone that has done the right thing and saved money. And I hate this idea. But more than that, this is a pock on what he's trying to sell himself as. He's trying to say, I am a socialist, which means I'm going to take money from the haves and give it to the have nots. But let's break this down one quick second, guys. Okay. Who has, Jennifer, who do you think has the most student loan debt of anyone out there? Hmm. People that went to Jefferson Technical Community College? No. People that went to Eastern, Western, no. Kentucky, U of L, or maybe kids that went to Duke. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Or kids Why would that you went do that in the first place? But. <laughs> right. Or kids that went to Harvard, Cornell, MIT. Wait. Take your pick. But the point of the matter is the kids that have the most debt, potentially the rich ones to begin with. 
And if it's not those, is it not the ones that go back to get their law degrees, Mm -hmm. to get their MDs? Now, haven't these folks put in the time and effort to maybe pay their own bills like all the rest of us have had to do? Right. Now, if you're an attorney or an MD or a small business owner like I am out there, you're thinking, man, I would love for someone to do that to me. But would we have been as successful? Maybe, maybe not. But the point of the matter is it's not socialism if you're giving more to some people who don't need it. It ticks me off. So on top of the fact, is this just a lie to get young people to vote for him? Because no one with a right mind would, but no one with responsibility would ever even consider it. That's the first part. Mm -hmm. I'm off my soapbox for a second. But now let's do the math on this. So Jennifer, what he was talking about, what what Mr. Sanders, Senator Sanders, John, (laughs) all right, what Senator Sanders was talking about is roughly a half a percent tax every time you trade a stock mm-hmm. or a stock mutual fund or whatever and a 0.1% tax on every time you move a bond. Right. So when you look at this, for every $5,000 you decide to move ever for any reason, you make a sale and a buy, you're going to pay 50 bucks. $25 to get out of that stock mutual fund, 25 bucks to get in the next one. Oh, wow. Or okay. maybe you just need to make income payments. And so you want to you satisfy that by getting $5,000 a month of income. Well, when you sell that mutual fund to give you that $5,000 a month income, you're going to have to pay 25 bucks every single time that happens. Hmm. And so when you look at this, it does not even make sense. We're punishing the people who have saved. Well, if you're out there and you're thinking about retirement and you know how much money you've saved, Maybe you feel proud of it. It's an unbelievable amount of money in your mindset. Or you feel like, hmm, maybe I should have done a little bit more. Or maybe maybe if I'd invest a little bit differently. Or maybe if I'd done this, I could have had more. But this is what I got. I can't lose this. And some buffoon comes out there and says, we're going to take more from you no matter what. Because you got it. And we're going to give it to these kids. Some of them who don't even need it. That's a terrible idea. I'd rather decide to help my own kids or grandkids if I feel the need to pay for anyone's college tuition. But uh, Because Jennifer, you're talking like a responsible human being. You're talking like a responsible human being. You're not talking about some snake oil selling (laughs) politician who's trying to earn bids. This is how they're going to steal our freedom, guys. And this is the starting point. Okay. This is the starting point. He's running on this. And now we're going to have a whole bunch of millennials out there with white foam around their mouth as rabid. I want free healthcare. I want free everything. I want free everything. And they're not going to learn to work hard for it. And there is where the country goes. I don't believe in that. If you're out here listening to this, if you believe what I'm saying, be responsible for yours, your kids and grandkids. Let them know how hard it was to what you had to do. Let them know the time and energy and effort you had to put in to make things work. If you protected our country, you helped fight for our freedom. You were part of why we have these abilities because you fought for us. You're a real patriot. Let them know that. Let them know that freedom isn't free and handouts are not going to make us a better place. They're going to make us mediocre, which is why I make fun of that. And we're trying to get t-shirts printed up today. (laughs) With Bernie's slogan. Make America mediocre for once. Not because I want us to believe in that. I want us to have that as a remembrance of how stupid it is and a slight (laughs) in the face of all this that worked our butts off to get to this point. So I think that this is, again, another way that they're going to try to take from us because this starts that tit for tat. So, well, we're going to pay for this some other way. If it's not going to be this, it's going to be what? 
another tax, Mm -hmm. another tax on this, another tax on that. And that, guys, is where things get out of control. So start first. Start at home. Start with yourselves. Make sure that you understand what you want to do with your money. Make sure you let people know this is not the right way to go. The next thing after that is get your money in places to pay the least amount of taxation possible. If you've saved well, there's a great chance the government knows that and you get a bullseye on yourself. Get rid of that bullseye. Learn about asset shifting from tax deferred to tax-free vehicles because Mr. Sanders is not going to get elected on my watch as much as we can do about that. Having said that, that means that he's starting a movement and we need that movement to be quelched with real, rational, and logical thought. So be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Connect with us at retirementsolutionradio.com. Welcome back to the Retirement Solution here with John Hicks. I'm Jennifer Perry and uh, wishing a happy birthday to former President George W. Bush, 43, as he's sometimes known, of course, celebrated a birthday this month. John, I always make you guess how old they are, though. So well, then I remember this. Okay. 43 is going to be 73. 73. Isn't nice he? job. Yeah, yes, you are correct yeah. for once. <laughs> Did you look uh, this know, up never, ahead never, of time? I, no, 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 no. I never get this stuff right. No, no I, but um, his uh, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, uh, who just recently passed away, mm-hmm. um, that's where I remember it. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot that W is He's this. I mean, he looks great now. for 73 yeah. years old. I mean, mm-hmm. W is in great shape for being 73. Yeah. Uh, but I remember thinking, my goodness, how time has flown over the years. Yeah. I tell you, I miss, I miss those days. Um, I, and, and, and at the time, I mean, listen, anyone out there, listen, I don't care your political affiliation, anyone out there, did you think that you would ever have said, man, I miss listening to W talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious. No, please don't give me hate mail. If, if you give me hate mail because of this, we I'm, know I'm speaking where to honestly. Send it, right? yeah. yeah, send it to I hate Leland <laughs> at WHAS.com. No, but seriously, think about that. Who would have thought that up period of time that George W. Bush, George Walker Bush, who went through, I mean, he had been in office for like four seconds before we had the 9-11 attacks. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, it was scramble mode for his entire presidency. So no matter what over time he will be known for, that was the first time since Pearl Harbor that American soil had ever been touched. Mm-hmm. And so this this gentleman whose dad, I mean, was, I, I, honestly, I, I think that George Herbert Walker Bush, his father, was really one of the most stand-up, one of the most caring individuals that we've actually had as a politician. Mm-hmm. Not as not as a human being, maybe for everyone, because he was in charge of the, the CIA. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Carter was a, was a great human being. But, uh, but George Herbert Walker Bush was great. But W, when you think about it, man, he, he takes so many of his dad's characteristics. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he's turning 73, so former yeah. president. Uh, glad to see that you're out there and still doing great, man. Yeah, I think he actually looks a little bit less stressed and <laughs> a little less gray these days than <laughs> maybe, he did during his time in office. And actually, since he's retired from politics, he's picked up a few new hobbies along the way. He told ABC, John, that he's found another way to really stay busy during these years. I love to paint. Uh, it is, painting has changed my life in an unbelievably positive way. You know what the interesting lesson is, though, that you can keep learning in life. I mean, some guy one time said to me, man, you deserve to rest. And I don't want to rest. I want to live life to that. I want to follow the example of President 41 and, you know, sprinting to the grave. And that's what his dad did. But uh, have you actually seen his paintings? 
No. They're actually pretty good. He's very good at no, this. He, no, he no, he had the book. No, I mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's I feel so terrible for this cuz I know that he had a book. Mm-hmm. He actually Hold on, didn't he have a book where um the people that he was aware of because of 9/11. Right. The, the, the people that, that were either hurt or their families were were affected. Mm-hmm. He, didn't he paint portraits of something of them? Portraits of courage is what he called it. Yeah. And so yeah. he put all these paintings in a book. And he is really, really good at this, but he really didn't even start painting until after he left office. So I think that's pretty impressive for a former president, pick up a paintbrush and do something for charity too at the same time. So, wow, kudos you know, to him. He said, he said two things that I loved. No matter your age, always keep learning. Mm-hmm. Always keep learning. And then even when someone says you deserve a break, what do you need the break for? Keep sprinting to the grave. Yeah. You know, those are two things that I hope, I pray that I can instill into my children because that's the way I want to live. Yeah. I want to never stop learning. I want to always try to better myself in every way I can, but sprint to the grave. I tell you what, that's not so bad. Yeah. I, I like that concept. I, I think that maybe there's something we can learn from a, from an old former president <laughs> who has taken on being the new Bob Ross, <laughs> painting those little, happy those little clouds. trees. Happy clouds. Whatever they're in happy clouds. <laughs> in the Putting the fine in finance. Wait, uh, he's going to pay me a little extra for that, right? Here's John Hicks. You're really making me kind of jealous because uh, you actually had dinner with the guy. I'd love to pick his brain about bourbon. The guy behind the guy, behind the guy, behind the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. What's his name? Fred Minnick? Well, there's so many wonderful people in bourbon. Mm-hmm. You can't give it just one because there were other people in the room that were maybe just as important just at the moment. Oh, okay. But you no, just no, told no, me about but, this one. I, I didn't yeah, know well, the full well, story. Thanks no, no, for inviting so Fred, me. Fred Minnick has written basically the bourbon Bibles of the entire planet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably got the five most read uh, books on bourbon that there are out there. By every stretch of the imagination, he is the, the guy to talk to. So, yeah. So, so what do so you Fred ask him knows, about? Well, there's so many things to ask anyone. What I asked was, how do you know? How do you know if you got a good bourbon? He said, do you like the way it tastes? <laughs> See? <laughs> it's that, that simple. simple? Yeah. So it's all, it's all about tastes and preferences. Uh-huh. But one of the more interesting things that we got to, one of the more interesting things that we got to in the entire evening is how bourbon got to where it is. How come it's not a whiskey? You know, what separates a rye or a whiskey from a bourbon? What about scotch and all these things? And all those things went up and down. But one of the more interesting things about the state of Kentucky is what he what was quantified best in his book called Bourbon Curious is about how it's taxed. Huh. The whiskey tax that just happened to hit Kentucky more than anything else. That's probably what stuck with me the most. Well, from of the course, weekend. because you're, you kind of geek well, out on this stuff. I couldn't remember stuff. anything else, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> so Once what is tasting, it about the tax, though, that, uh, that got your attention? Well, if you go out there and buy any bottle of bourbon you choose, whether you're doing 23-year-old Elijah Craig or you get your Pappy or you go with Blanton's or our friends at Maker's Mark or whatever you do, Four Roses is an exceptional one. But whatever you do, 60% of the price of that bottle goes to taxation. 60%. 60%. And this is all because, this is all because of prohibition and, uh, and it was after the War of 1812. And so this was all done to pay for the government debts. Oh, does this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in order for the government to pay their debts from 1814 to 1861, of course, this was the beginning of the Civil War, they had all these extra taxes on whiskey. Now, this is, of course, even you know before Prohibition and so forth. Mm-hmm. But when you look at these types of things, 60% today of a bottle of bourbon 
goes to the government. Wow. Whether it be federal, state, or local, it is taken right off the top. So you can't get mad or think that, oh, wow, you know, those bourbon guys are gouging us. Can't believe it costs X amount of dollars for Evan Williams. Can't believe it costs X amount for Elijah Craig or, or Maker's Mark. 60% is taxation. Hmm. And so that was probably the thing that stuck with me the entire night. I could not even enjoy the rest of my food. <laughs> you couldn't even relax. Because I was thinking, <laughs> you're telling me that I could get world-class bourbon if it did not have the government involved. <laughs> For 40 cents on the dollar? Man, you've that would got be a deal. to be kidding me. Ugh. And, that's, and that blows my mind. So yeah. that was probably the thing of the entire evening. Well, it's the thing that stuck with me most. Of course it did. Other than a headache. <laughs> other than a headache the next day. It was one of the things. So, you know, amazingly enough, when, if you were a bourbon distillery, and, and I just had the opportunity to talk to someone uh, w- with the Heaven Hill Distillery, and I happen to like the 21-year-old Elijah Craig. Mm-hmm. This is not a pine for me to get some extra, <laughs> some extra uh, bourbon from them. No, but seriously, we, we talked, and what, what I was thinking about was they were not even allowed to write off all these taxes. So huh. for Heaven Hill, yeah, so for Heaven Hill, who had this stuff in the barrel for 21 years, they had to pay all those barrel aging taxes, which are a tremendous amount of money annually. Mm-hmm. They had to pay that for 21 years before they could write a single buck of it off. Oh my gosh. Wow. 21 years later. Yeah, when they put it in the bottle. So, I mean, that's a long time. And so that's that whole concept of what happens now? What happens in this point in time? You know, for all of us, whether it's the bourbon industry, whether it's for us, we've, we've acquired this product, this, this amount of money, this, this big nest egg. And now we need to live off of it, right? Mm-hmm. And now are we going to be facing the biggest taxes we've ever faced before? Well, maybe not for the next few years because of our good GOP tax blessing friends, yeah, right? Yeah, We have it. this tax reprieve. It's not a break forever, guys. It's a reprieve. We have a short sabbatical from what the other side's going to do to us later. And they will. And we can't stop it, at least not immediately. Right. But we have got a short period of time so that we can pay the least amount of taxes possible. So that we don't end up like the bourbon industry. Can you imagine if 60%, Jennifer, of your retirement income was taxed? I would be sick. I'm already 60%. sick about the bourbon tax, but now I'm sick 60. about that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so imagine, imagine in this situation, so you thought you were going to have $50,000 a year of income. Mm-hmm. Instead, you end up with $20,000 a year of income because there's a 60% tax on that. And then you went to buy bourbon with some of that money that you have left over. <laughs> it just doesn't seem That's right. Like, They're taking it all. It, it, hold uh, on. Is, is it exponential? Is it like 120% tax right? at that point in time? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it feels crazy. But so that is one of the bigger things we're going to have to all understand. How can we take care of that situation? Anyway, I don't know why I got hung up on that. But the no, bourbon I, tax. I'm kind of shocked by 60% too. Gosh, man. It just doesn't tremendous. seem right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.